This is episode 508 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, 7 Things to Remember During an Evacuation. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the Hydro Blue VersaFlow water filter. Now the VersaFlow is one of the most versatile water filters currently made. Not only can you use it for your personal water filter needs, but you can use it to create a family-sized water filter. Now with the possibility of filtering up to 100,000 gallons, the VersaFlow could filter one gallon of water for each family member for many, many years. So to make it easy for you, I have created a free video and PDF tutorial that shows you how to easily turn the VersaFlow into a family-sized water filter. Now right now, you can have this family-sized water filter for under $25. To watch the video, get the free PDF tutorial and a code for 20% off of the VersaFlow, click the link in the show notes or visit PrepperWebsite.com forward slash VersaFlow. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from thesimpleprepper.com. And again, the article is entitled Seven Things to Remember During an Evacuation. So let's go ahead and get started. When disaster strikes, you and your family need to be prepared to evacuate at a moment's notice. Fires, hurricanes, and floods are becoming much more commonplace these days. Emergency officials do their best to keep the public informed to protect lives. It is our duty to be as prepared as possible if an evacuation order is given. The best way is to create a list of things to bring with you during an evacuation and plan ahead. So the the difference between a bug out and evacuation. A popular term in the world of disaster preparedness is bugging out. It's probably one of the most written about topics in the whole of survival and preparedness literature. There are even whole books dedicated to the process and for good reason. The bug out is designed for an SHTF preparedness scenario and it's self-governed. In other words, no one is going to tell you it's time to bug out. It will be your call. In an evacuation, you will be told when it's time to leave and you will be given a time window to get out of harm's way. Another big difference is the planning. Bug out planning should involve a planned bug out location or locations. When running from a collapse of civility, you will need to think out a few good places to hold up away from the chaos. These are often called bug out locations. Now, when you are faced with an evacuation, you will either be ushered to another location, which is no picnic, or you can just drive off to a relative's house who lives in another state. Bottom line, they are very different things. You need to understand both. In the case of an evacuation, what items are you looking to take with you to be sure you are prepared while you're away and when you return home? So let's look at seven things to remember during an evacuation. The first one is important documents. Now, one of the most overlooked items to take in an evacuation are your important documents like IDs, passports, insurance, deeds, and the like. If you own it or if you need to prove it, you better have a copy of it. 
The best way to deal with this is to create a simple document folder that is close by and contains everything. Upon evacuation, you just slip the folder into your backpack and you are covered. We covered this topic here, and there's a link there, with helpful tips on creating an emergency binder with important documents. And guys, I've covered that as well. I've covered that on the podcast. And so you can go to uh, theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and you know click on the episodes tab. And when you get to the search, you can just you know click in binder or click in, type in binder and search for binder. And it'll bring up the podcast where I've talked about that. I've even also done videos on that before uh, on YouTube. But anyway, that this is one of the important things that you really need to to have prepared. And so even on top of that, on, on top of having the binder prepared, you know, we've mentioned things like if you go through the trouble of creating a binder, uh, even if it's not like you're making copies, right? If you're making one copy, it's just as easy to make three copies. And so some people will make a copy to, you know, put like in a safety deposit box. I know of people that have sent a copy, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, packaged and all that good stuff, but they've sent a copy to family members and just say, hey, can you put this like, you know, on, you know, in one of your closets and just leave it there just in case there's ever an emergency. And so, you know, they have that as well, as long as well as the one that they have that they would put with. Uh, their bug out, you know, equipment, or they would take with them if they were having to leave. So that's very important when, uh, and I I know some of the stories that I heard, like uh, when there's been fires, people have lost everything, including their documents. And so on top of having to deal with the issue of the fire in your home and loss and all that kind of stuff, you're having to go through and find all your account numbers. You're having to, you know, stand in line in government buildings to get birth certificates and marriage licenses and all that kind of junk when you can just have copies of it and it would make your life so much easier. So look at it as one of those projects that you really need to get done and get it done pretty soon. All right, so number two is water, fire, and shelter. No matter where you are going, you should always have a way to deal with the triangle of survival and that is water, fire, and shelter. This doesn't have to be luxury, but your bag should have a few methods for making fire, some sort of simple shelter option for those in your party, and a way to sanitize drinking water. You never know what could happen next in a disaster. And so, of course, I've already talked about the VersaFlow for the the drinking water, and there are so many things about the the VersaFlow that I don't even cover in Uh, the little video that I've done for you. There are just so many things that you can do with it. So I highly recommend it. But having a a tent that you can throw in your, you know, the back of your car would be something that you could do. Uh, Even if you wanted to do a simple like tarp shelter, know how to do that. You can do that as well. All right. So next is self-defense. Now, sometimes evacuation means being loaded into a facility with different types of threats and dangers. While the people in the Superdome during Katrina were relatively safe from the storm, they had to deal with robbery, violence, and other unfortunate circumstances. Now, unfortunately, the minds of criminals never stop running. Even during the most recent wildfires in South Southern California, looters were running into evacuated homes with the fire bearing down on them to take the goods inside. 
Now, whether you are put up in a hotel or a school gym, just be prepared to let those around you know you are not helpless. It's important that you be prepared to defend what is yours by whatever means you find most appropriate. Now, one of the things to consider here, especially when we're talking about like bug out versus evacuation, if you're bugging out, you know that you're going to a specific location. You know if you can carry certain self-defense items with you. You know if you can have your firearm with you. You know if you can have stuff like a mace, like mace or you know a knife or whatever. If you're evacuated in, like the beginning of this article mentioned, you're going, they're evacuating you to a certain place. So for instance, during Hurricane Harvey, my neighbor, my neighbor kind of uh, panicked a little bit. And uh, I mean, I completely understand it. It was like the water was just about to come into our homes. So I understand, you know, where she was at. She's, uh, she's elderly and, you know, she can't walk really well. But when she evacuated, they took her out of the neighborhood and then, you know, big military vehicle, they took her to a church, right? And so in that case, you would be okay if you had a firearm with you. But if you were going to some other kind of government facility uh, or you were even going to a school, um, I know that the situation might be different if you were being evacuated, but still schools uh, have you know the, the 3006 rule that you can't carry a firearm on there and inside of the campus. So you would have that you know thing. You would be evacuating. You would have no place to put your firearm. So you would just have to like, hey, suck it up and put it, you know, keep your firearm and just keep it hush hush. Now, if you were going to a facility where they were checking through everything, they were checking your bags and you're maybe you're going through a, a metal detector or something like that, you would have to give up your firearm. So in cases like that, if you're not sure where you're going or you know you're not sure if you can keep that you might you want to have an idea of uh, or have a way to defend yourself that's not necessarily your traditional firearm or even a knife right uh, you might want to have something that you can you know maybe you walk with a a cane or you have a staff or you know uh, you, you bring on a fake limp or well, I don't know whatever you know there's just so many different things you can do but there, you should have a way that is not your traditional, if that's your go-to, your firearm is your go-to. If you're evacuating and you're not sure where you're going, right? Uh, that's that's one of those things. If you had to give up your firearm, more than likely, you're probably not going to get it back in, in a situation like that where there's a bunch of people moving through a facility. So that's not some a place that I would want to, or, or a time where I would want to give up my firearm. So uh, anyway, that's something you got to think about. So number four, ready to eat food. Having a few types of ready to eat foods on hand can be a great way to boost morale as you are leaving your home and belongings behind. You may find yourself in traffic getting out of town or on a long trek and having food around always helps with that. With kids, this can be especially important as they often won't understand the gravity of the situation when their tummy is rumbling couple of things there. Definitely, you want to have like troll mix. You want to have bars that give you energy. Uh, you know, you want to have, you know, beef jerky, different things like that. Things that you can eat that don't necessarily, you have to cook, right? But at the same time, if you're evacuating and you might not have a place that you're going to, um, having a grab and go bucket, like a legacy food bucket, that is one of those things that would be very highly recommended. You know, you can always put that in your vehicle. Even if you don't use it, you have it there. 
you know, a little bit of water and heating that up, a little bit of hot water, and you have a decent meal. So, you know, that's a, a good thing to think about there. Number five, um, you really need to think about this one very carefully. Number five is sentimental effects. We all have things near and dear to our heart. They might be pictures, art, toys, or something else. Sentimental items are just as important as anything else. These are our memories and our bits of captured happiness. While it might not seem like it when you leave, this could be your last opportunity to secure your most sentimental items. Now, the best way to handle these is to identify them today. What do you have to take? What means the most to you? Don't guess when you're on the clock. Isolate these items in your mind so you can grab them quickly when the time comes. Also, make sure you can travel with them. A wall-sized painting may not make the cut. All right, so I love this idea of put this in your mind now. You, you're probably not, if they're sentimental items, maybe they're on, you know, like a, a bookshelf or whatever. Maybe you have them in a closet. You're not going to have them wrapped up, ready to go, you know, in because you possibly might evacuate one day. But you still need to be thinking about it. You still need to have like a mental inventory of what things would I want to take if, for instance, I knew that I wasn't ever coming back. Uh, or, you know, there's that possibility, you know, like if you were evacuating from uh, because of wildfires or whatever, you don't know if the wildfires are going to completely, uh, you know, engulf your home and completely destroy it. What would you want to take if you knew that you weren't able to to ever come back and grab those things? So put those things in your mind now. Think about that. And, uh, you know, you got to be responsible to the point where there's only so much stuff that you can take. But think about those those really high prized items that you never want, you know, that you don't want to do without. All right. So number six is a means of entertainment. Bring something to do while you are evacuated. This can be everything from simple books and games to power banks and video games. Evacuation is stressful, and if you have kids, keeping them occupied will shave off a whole layer of stress. Don't discount that. As sad as it is, evacuations can be the rare time when the whole family gets to sit down and focus on just playing a board game. Just be sure to consider games and books that are smaller in size. Large books can be backbreaking. Just ask your average school kid these days. So some card games would be good. You know, one of the things you might want to do is take a take a night where you have a game night with your family and, and try out some different card games and see what they like. And so, you know, that's one of those like, hey, uh, like phase 10, like we like phase 10. Uh, there's some other card games just with with uh, a deck of cards. You can do, you know, a, a bunch of different types of games. That's something you might want to to take with you. Maybe like a little portable chess or checker set might be something that you can you can take. And of course, you're always going to have, you know, the video games and all that kind of stuff. If it is just one of those things where you're evacuating from an area, well, then more than likely you're going to go to an area that's going to have electricity. So they'll always be able to charge those up. But I think this is important, especially if you have kids and, you know, you it can be very stressful because after a while, you know, they they need a little bit of, of a break and you're going to need a little bit of a break as well. So uh, put a little bit of thought into this, especially if you have younger kids. And then if you have, you know, uh, teenagers, 
you you know you want to put a little bit of thought into this as well although they're more than likely they're going to have like i said their consoles they're going to have their tvs or not their tvs i'm sorry their uh their cell phones and things like that and and usually that will keep them company in those cases you're going to want power banks and i think you really should have a power bank for every member of the family. They're so cheap now. A lot of the times one power bank can, can charge up a cell phone three, four, five times. And I think it's just smart. Uh, you know, you want your family to be able to charge their phones up when, uh, when they need them. All right, so number seven, the last one is emergency cash. Now, cash is king in a collapse. You should always keep cash on hand when you leave the comforts of home for a long trip or evacuation. This cash doesn't come from the air like magic, though. It's all about starting an emergency cash fund. Now, putting away a little cash each week will amount to something you can look to when things like evacuations come up. This could be $500 or $5,000. Either way, the cash will get you things you need when ATMs are down and people are holding tight to resources. Be sure to have ways to carry cash on your person, not in a bag, and if you have a large amount, have multiple ways to carry it. Just in case you are robbed, you can reduce your risk of losing everything. Now, here is a recent post to help you understand your survival cash needs. So the other thing about the ATM, not just when ATMs are down, but when ATMs, like people start to panic and they go and then all the ATMs, the electricity could still be on everything could still be fine, right? You might be expecting a storm or maybe there's some news about whatever. I don't know. But ATMs only have a certain amount of money there. And so if it is after hours, if it is a weekend, more than likely, and there, you know, people are thinking about getting cash, all the money that's in that ATM can be completely gone, withdrawn. And so you, you could have the grid, the grid can be fine, the grid can be up, but all the ATMs that you're used to going and getting money out of could be completely empty. So let's talk a little bit about uh, some other things you should consider when you're evacuating. So what about creating your evacuation checklist? And now that you understand what you should bring, you need to understand the mechanism for getting everything right during an evacuation. It all comes down to checklists. You want to have checklists for each person to assure they get the things they need. A simple list can be folded up and placed in a pocket of the backpack, or you can even laminate that list and attach it to the bag. While many things can be pre-packed for an evacuation, you're going to need a small checklist to assure you grab everything quickly leaving the home. So this might be one of those exercises you do with your family if you, maybe you have older kids and you can say, hey guys, Let's just run through this scenario. Let's say uh, you bring up the fires in, you know, in California or bring up, you know, the flood in uh, that happened, you know, on the Gulf Coast, you know, in Houston, the Houston area and, and all of the Gulf Coast. And you can say, if we ever needed to evacuate, what kinds of things would you want to take with you? And maybe you could talk a little bit about the needs. What do you need? What do you need to take with you? And then what would you want to take with you? And so that might be a good discussion, maybe even having a family member write some things down and they can kind of turn it into you. And so then you have that list. Y'all can talk about it. And so I don't know, you know, there might be kids or, or teenagers who they might write a list down. And then if you completely, you know, gave, left it up to them, they would throw it away. They would lose it, whatever. But 
if you were in a situation where you needed to evacuate and maybe you had a little bit of time, you can hand them that list and say, hey, you remember that checklist that we made a while back? Here's your checklist. Go put these things in a backpack or go put these things you know, somewhere in a box and a tote or whatever. We're, we're going to get ready to evacuate in an hour, right? And so you have that already ready for them. So that might be a move that you might want to do. So what about returning home? Now, hopefully you return home and things are fine. In most cases, you're going to have to address some sort of damage. In the worst cases, you're going to have nothing to come home to. While you are evacuated, it's very important to discuss the various outcomes. Brace yourself. No one is ever prepared to return home and find your life's work decimated. Now, be sure you have your affairs in order with insurance and be prepared for serious inconvenience. That is what is coming if you lose your home in a disaster. Okay, so let me say just a couple of things here. Totally, you know, every time you see people like on the news, you know, they're crying like they're in front, like just recently that happened with the California fires, right? They're the people are in the front of their homes. Their home is completely gone. They're crying. They're like, I can't believe it's gone. I can't believe this has happened to us. Right. And so you, you got to get out of that mind frame like this happens to other people. It can happen to you. And so that is always when you are in an evacuation scenario, that's always something that could happen. Even if you're evacuating because of a flood, there, there could be a short circuit somewhere. Electrical wires can short circuit and cause a fire. And in the midst of a flood, a house can burn down. I mean, there's always kind of you know weird things going on. Now, one of the things that I wanted to say here, before you evacuate, you might want to consider turning off some of your utilities. So you might want to consider going to your water and turning off water to the house. You might want to consider turning off gas. You might want to go to your electrical panel and turn off the power that's coming into the house, right? Um, I don't know if it's winter time, you might want to drain the pipes. You might want to cut off the water and also open up all the, the, the spigots, right? All, all the water faucets so that everything, you know, drains out. You never know what could possibly happen, right? That might save you. Uh, I recently, well, it wasn't recently, probably a year ago now. Uh, and, but it's still, <laughs> I still kind of wake up sometimes and I, I'm always looking at this area I talked about it where our water was turned off at the mains in the front of the neighborhood. And in the middle of the night, they turned it on and it came full blast. Well, the first thing that is on our water line into the house is our refrigerator and the line that goes to our ice maker. The pressure was so strong coming in that it blew the valve and water ran all night long. Now, luckily, I get up fairly early, but by the time I got up, I had water in my in my kitchen, I had it in my living room, and it had gone into the hallway. Luckily, we have tile, so that was easy to clean up, but it was a lot of water. Almost every towel that we have was used to soak up the water, and then, you know, getting to the point where we had to turn off our water and to be able to fix it. And that's what it was. It was the pressure of, uh, you know, them turning on the water at the at the mains in the front of the neighborhood was just so powerful that it blew that small little valve there. And so, you know, if you were in a situation like that, you don't want to come back to your home 
you know, days later when maybe utilities have been already turned back on and then you find yourself in, in that situation. So, you know, a little bit of, of pain at the beginning, because for instance, uh, if you turn off your gas, I think legally, or you're supposed to call the utility company to come and turn it back on. But I don't know, a lot of people don't do that. They just turn it on themselves. But I think that might be something you might want to consider if you ever had to evacuate. Just turning, you know, doing a couple of these things I think would be very beneficial. All right, so let's go ahead and end off this article. The time to prepare is now. Evacuation is a pain, but remember, it can always be worse. We are ushering in a new age of population growth and radical natural disasters, as well as possible incivility. In the future, there will be many more hurricanes, more wildfires, and floods. For preppers, now is the time to start taking evacuation seriously and get your affairs in order. Planning and preparation can make this process smooth and hopefully save your family from potential disaster. All right, guys, a lot of great advice here. Uh, and hopefully I added a little bit to the conversation there, maybe get you thinking and just a little bit of planning, a little bit of things, you know, processing, uh, talking with your family can really go a long way in a situation like this. So guys, like always, I'm going to link to this article in the show notes. It's coming to you from thesimplepepper.com and uh, seven things to remember during an evacuation. There were links in here that you might be interested in and clicking and getting some more information on and some more specific information on the things that were talked about. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 508. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.